This is Steve Sherlock with another Franklin Matters radio show. This session of the radio show shares my Talk Franklin conversation with town administrator Jamie Helen and marketing communications specialist Anne Marie Tracy. We had our conversation via conference bridge to adhere to the social distancing requirements of this pandemic period. We talk about the red status. Our positivity over the last 14 days just edged into the red status at 5.03, so 0.03 over the line. We recapped the town council meeting. Community Preservation Committee was created. The approval for the committee itself was created, excuse me. The water treatment plant payment was authorized from the emergency funds, and this at least temporarily closes the spear fishing incident, at least from a misdirected funds basis. Obviously, the incident is still open for further investigation, and we talk about that in detail. And then we close this last session of 2020 by looking ahead into 2021, where we're planning at this point to go bi-monthly, twice a month, leading to topics on the town council calendar and a more of an editorial content uh, alignment. Uh, clearly, we were aligned and prepared as we went into each of these sessions this past year, but we're looking for further integration as we go forward next year. There's always room for current topics, and we'll always make time for that. Uh, if we need to go back to a weekly schedule as we have in December, we'll do that as well. Links to the key topics covered here are included in the show notes. The recording runs around 32 minutes. So let's listen to my conversation with Jamie and Anne-Marie. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and on the local Franklin area radio dial at 1029. Another Talk Franklin session in the last one of 1920, excuse me, 2020, not 19. <laughs> Where did 19 come from? <laughs> The last one for 2020 and welcoming our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Steve. And marketing communication specialist, Anne-Marie Tracy. Happy Friday to you, too. Happy Friday to you, Steve. I can't believe this is the last one of 2020. It's amazing. And we were talking pre, I'm going to do the numbers. They'll be with the show notes. But I'm estimating that we're between 25 and 35 sessions this year for talk franklin that, yeah that's great that's amazing i hope the listeners are enjoying it a little bit i hope they feel a little more informed um you know and i think that um you know i look forward to seeing some of the numbers in terms of the amount of hits and listeners that we've had from show to show over the year i think that's that's, that's huge and as we we're just kind of quietly talking about offline really quickly i mean i think this is a medium that um you know, there's a big value added. And I think there's an, a huge audience out there. Anne-Marie and I talk about this and she's been a big proponent of this since she came where she really wanted to get into the, um, you know, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, right. try to get um, this kind of content out there because it is an expansive format that does allow for, I think, an invitation from hopefully the audience into the conversation and understand a little more three-dimensional depth of what we do in government, not just the headline no. or the soundbite no. or the social media post. Right. Um, I think a lot of people out there, and I hope your listeners feel the same way. Obviously, that's probably why they're listening, but you know, feel a little bit more depth to this stuff and realize that 
you know, we are a fairly sophisticated operation with a lot of tremendous capacity in Franklin. And, and um, I hope people have enjoyed it. And, and uh, no one's looking forward to the lapse of 2020 more than the three of us. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's, it's been a challenge. We've had a lot of successes and we'll get to that. But yeah. um, the one other change recently, unfortunately, is now we just slipped into the red status at about 0.03% over the, the, the red line. I know Ouch. it seems like a joke, right? It's like 0.03%. Uh, it is kind of a joke, but I mean, in all seriousness, um, here are the facts. Um, you know, this is really reflective of, I think, the Thanksgiving bump. Um, this is a bit of an innocent bystander in the fact that the numbers and the way DPH, the State Department of Public Health, calculates their numbers. Um, today's data could be added on for day 15, and based on the metrics, would show that we'd be below the 5% today, right? But we right. got to wait another yeah. week. Yeah. And we saw this week, the case numbers went down in the course of a week from 135 active cases to 95 active cases. Almost one third of those individuals have been healed, which is, which is and are healthy, which is great news with no right. fatalities. Um, but, you know, that most people listening might say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't really make any sense other than the fact that, you know, the state has to have some sort of consistent procedure and metric to show so that we're all in the same playing field across the Commonwealth. You know, this is really just a, a timing issue between when they began to calculate the 14 days up to yesterday. Um, and so we are officially in the red for the first time. Uh, it's important to note that this literally has zero impact on, on, Kind of Franklin's organization. It has no impact on any decisions the superintendent of schools is going to make. Right. And it does not have any impact on any businesses in town because to be in the red, you have to be in the red for three weeks. And then that following fourth week, you actually then have to be restricted back to phase 3.1 from 3.2. We've been in the top, we've been in the in the phase that is allowed for the most. Uh, open retail, open business, open restaurants uh, since they came up with this system. Right. But now um, if we were in it for three or four weeks, we'd have to go back to phase 3.1, but the governor already put the entire state back in phase 3.1 two weeks ago. So no impact. unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it's really not that big of a deal. Also, I would note that this is all relative to the actual um, cases. So what the actual statistics are um, is, you know, basically uh, you had 161 cases um, that tested positive out of 3,198 tests within those 14 days. So like I said, if you're one or two cases fewer than 161, we wouldn't be in this position. Or if we had, had another 10 tests taken, mm -hmm. you know, we wouldn't be in this position. Um, but that's the way the state calculates the data. And so that's why the map is red today. Right. And, um, you know, we would obviously be really hopeful that next week that'll change back to yellow. There was some conversation among the board and health <laughs> agent and I uh, for actually some weeks because the cases were going down so quickly in terms of active cases, we were mm -hmm. thinking and aiming towards actually getting back into the green. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, 
but you know, be that as it may, yeah. um, I think Franklin overall has been doing a tremendous job, as I said, at, norm at many, many meetings on managing the uh, infection rate for community our size. This is still actually really good news, mm -hmm. where communities larger than us are still getting decimated. They've been in phase 3.1 for months. Right. Um, you know, they've had to have a lot more restrictions, and so um, you know, still all is well in Franklin. Yeah, I think if anything, this is kind of the the warning shot, shot, if you will, to your point that if we do continue three weeks, then things change. But again, not really because we're already there. But it's the warning shot. Wake up. Yes, masks are important. Social distancing important. Everything that we have been doing, we still need to do. We're not done yet. So especially with the holidays coming up, you got to be careful. Yep. And there will be some holiday guidance. I think Anne-Marie has been working with the Board of Health to get some additional stuff up um, and out to the community, some banners, um, you know, on the bridge. I think we're also going to be doing some additional social media, and I think there's going to be some additional outreach through our public safety department. Definitely yep. have some things in the works. Yep, good, because uh, I recorded with Kathleen Liberty yesterday, so that'll be coming out early next week as well to help that kind of media awareness that, mm -hmm. We're good. Yeah, we're a 0 0.03 over, but let's continue to do what we need to do, which is what generally we have been doing. Well, let's say we go back down into the yellow next week or the next few weeks, right? I mean, then we're going to have another holiday, potential holiday blip. Right. So I think the important piece is how we all handle the holidays. Um, you know, obviously Christmas, but you know, also New Year's Eve. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you know we, we've, we've got to be cautious about that. And, um, you know, it is worth noting that uh, the 930 curfew for restaurants and bars will still remain in place on New Year's Eve. Um, and so hopefully uh, people can do the right thing. And, um, you know, yeah, watch I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, the, the, mid, the midnight situation certainly wouldn't be different anyway. Never mind now with a curfew. Yeah, you'll definitely have to be home for the midnight drop. I mean, I usually never watch that stuff. I am watching yeah. it this year because I want that ball down so fast. <laughs> don't even wait for new, don't even wait for midnight. Just just drop the darn thing. I was gonna say get it let down it and let's just go. I signed something the other day. I signed up something the other day for 2021 and I wrote it in I said that is the best thing that's one of the best things that's happened all year. Now I'm writing 2021 on on dates. Yes. For calendar invites and, yep. and, and, yep. and deadlines for staff. Mm -hmm. oh, this felt great. Good. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. In terms of a recap, town council meeting this week had two big topics, at least in terms of the big takeaways for folks to be aware of um, and kind of the culmination of passing the Community Preservation Act yeah. in the November election. The council has now set up the bylaw to create the community community preservation committee of nine which you know the details will be forthcoming there's five permanent members if you will from five standing boards and then an opportunity for four local folks to participate with appropriate backgrounds etc cetera, etc cetera. yep so um so not to outdo the uh, uh i'm sure eloquent comments on the thursday afternoon quarterback show but the Community Preservation Committee uh, bylaw was formed. This is the actual requirement that's um, put in place, really the only requirement um, in the statute that when you accept the Community Preservation Act, you have to set up a town bylaw and a Community Preservation Committee. Maximum nine folks, minimum five. Uh, we're probably trying to set up a webpage 
the next few weeks. Um, the standing committees are the Housing Authority, the Planning Board, the Conservation Commission, the Historical Commission, and the Recreational Advisory Board. So one member from those committees will be chosen to serve on the committee. And then there'll be four at large. And you know the goal is to you know try to put out a public uh, posting of interest um, to the entire community, much like I've done with the Finance Committee recently, the Planning Board, and other committees to try to get more uh, folks in the community involved, mm -hmm. engaged yeah. on how their money is spent. And uh, here's a great opportunity for any of the listeners out there if you're interested in open space and uh, historic preservation, recreation. Uh, affordable housing, this might be a great opportunity for you. Um, and so that committee posting will hopefully be out sometime in January. And then, uh, you know, we hope to have appointments done by sometime in February uh, or March. Um, so we encourage everybody to throw their hat in the ring that they think might want to be involved in this. It's going to be a fair amount of work. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of capacity building. Um, there's a lot of nuance. I wanted to get the committee move process moving um, because I do think uh, collections start in July. There's a lot of anticipation of this. The community, uh, you know, spoke, as I joked, Steve, you were there that night mm -hmm. uh, when I referenced the fact that even myself, when I was a 23 year old new employee of the state, I came out to Franklin uh, in October of 20, uh, 2001, 2001, right after Jeff Nutting got here. And yep. I gave a presentation to try to, see if the town was interested in passing the Community Preservation Act. It's just a funny coincidence. But, you know, here we are 20 years later, maybe a little bit late, but better late than never. And it's going to take the community a little while, like it does any town that I've worked with in my career, to learn about what qualifies, what doesn't qualify, what's the backlog of projects, what are the ideas that people have out there, what's the procedure to apply. Um, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of... Uh, of of work the committee is going to need to do. Traditionally, a lot of newer committees too reach out to other committees to you know get that sense right. of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I wanted them to have that opportunity. You know, this spring heading into the summer to have some time to to build that. Um, Chrissy Welton in my office is going to be uh, officially staffing the committee for the long haul. Obviously, the town attorney and I will be involved as it gets going, but. It's just a good plug out there for people to uh, sort of mm -hmm. the ring, and, and that announcement won't be out until January. So right, yeah, but I, I second your point. Certainly, getting the committee ready because yeah, there's going to be work ahead of them uh, to understand what they're about. As I understand it, they're not going to be the one preparing the proposals. They're the ones who are doing the validation, the due diligence around whoever's going to be bringing to them the proposals for this or that, whatever those projects are, and do that due diligence before it goes to the town council, if it's gonna go, for them to make the final decision in terms of the approval and the funding for it. So- They vet them and they recommend the projects, absolutely. Yeah, so just un understanding that they're not so much a doer committee as a reviewer committee is gonna be a yeah. nuance that they're gonna to have to build their process. What's an application going to look like? What's a proposal going to look like? What questions are they going to ask? And granted, some proposals are going to go in different ways. So there's going to be some questions on one that they may not ask on another, but yeah. Another big piece is conflicts of interest, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, a lot of Certainly. people in the yes. community, it's not, a, it's not an indictment on any one individual, but no. you know, you have a housing authority or an affordable housing trust 
or historical commission that may benefit from these things. There's some sure. statutory pieces where in order to send, send CPA funds, for example, on, um, on historical preservation items, the historical commission has to actually designate that of historical significance. There's a little nuance in there that has to happen. Mm -hmm. And those members need to understand the conflicts of interest involved in that. They also need to understand those procedures so those applicants doesn't prohibit them from having money, um, but it is something that um, you know the committee needs to understand those mechanics, um, so they're prepared. You know, in a year or so, when when the money comes in. Yep, indeed. And you mentioned uh, Thursday uh, quarterbacking the town council meeting. Uh, put a plug in as well. I did talk with Tom Mercer in kind of that quarterback review to get his uh insights uh as a recap and that'll be coming out as well so people can certainly listen to this listen to that and there'll be more coming on the community yeah. preservation committee because as i think we've talked last week even all those topics are around us all the time <laughs> so these are definitely things that will continue to be a conversation and we'll finally get to a point where the projects as they get conceived will have a by design should have a broad discussion around it in order prioritizing granted we've got separate money doesn't have to come out of the town funds but it has to be prioritized because there's not a deep well there i think the, the biggest issue is going to be open space mm. in the yeah. next decade i sure. mean you've, you've you've really town's really got about a handful of large parcels left um very unique ones that are probably the last of their kind in town right um they're also the most expensive yeah. Um, you know, fixing the cupola on top of the museum's a seventy or eighty thousand dollar item. Um, affordable housing usually is a long trajectory too, but you know, you're never gonna build a housing complex with this kind of money. Um, but the open space one is the one I think that, you know, probably a, a fair portion of the people in town voted for this for. And that's the one that's gonna get right out of the gate quick. Um, in terms of you know, these these uh, parcels in town that are kind of the last large developable pieces of land, you know, the Schmidt, Maple Hill, you know, a few others. That's going to be the one to your point, Steve, about prioritization. It's going to take you know, probably the, the, the biggest amount of conversation. In this committee. Yeah, <clears throat> indeed. And the other key piece coming out of the council meeting was the, at least on an interim basis, putting kind of some closure to it. Clearly, the investigation's ongoing, the spear fishing piece is not done, but the misdirected funds were at least reallocated, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, to pay the vendor, which is the important step that we need to do at this point. He actually left me a voicemail uh, while I was then on the phone, um, you know, to, to get an update. Um, you know, like I said during the presentation, there was cyber attack, which plug, people should go watch Frank on TV. Franklin Matters Audio or the live stream that was mm -hmm. there that's on the town website. It's worth the two hours if this is a topic that you read about in the paper and you're worth more. I pointed people that direction and, uh, that didn't see it, that read it in the paper, and they have all replied back to me that they were really happy that I sent them those links. So if there's any listeners out there that are still wondering about that, they should go check it out. But one of the points I make that night is among all this, we have to remain focused on where this came from, which was the water treatment plant project that's in the final 20 yards to get the ball in the end zone. Mm -hmm. um, and this payment is critical. We have not been charged interest on this for the slate payment, which has been you know, great from the vendor's perspective. They understand what's going on. They've been working yep. with us. 
but we also need to get that bill paid. So the insurance money that came in that is accommodating for a little over 40% of the lost revenue um, will also go towards that payment. And then we were able to take a majority of the funds out of the uh, Water Enterprise Emergency Fund, as well as uh, the discipline from lost wages from the treasurer collector itself. There was a formal vote that was needed to appropriate that. Um, unfortunately, there was a unanimous vote from both the finance committee this week and a unanimous vote from the council. Um, and we're incredibly grateful for them to, uh, to do this. I mean, we have to get that treatment plan. It's on schedule, it should be opening up in 2021. Hopefully that by that point, we'll be able to have an open house uh, yeah. and show people yeah. that. I'm, I'm, I really hope so, because it's an amazing, amazing facility. And uh, the contractors are doing a great job. So uh, that got tied up this week as well. Sure, indeed. Indeed. And then setting up for 2021, um, we will continue. This is the last one as we talked of this year. But going forward, twice a month, and we'll get a little bit more planful. Not that we haven't been planful. Clearly, as people have listened, we've had a plan as we've come into each one of these and the discussions have been good. But now we're getting more of a, another term might be an editorial calendar, if you will. So there's clearly things that are coming up through to the town council based on certain timings. And we'll be able to link in and have some of those either pre-discussions here or certainly the recap discussions here as well. I think it's going to be great to, um, you know, enter 2021, have a, you know, our schedule and just keep building upon uh, what we've, what we've already accomplished with this uh, platform. I think it's been great. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, we've worked out a new timing schedule amongst us too. So hopefully we can get the content out in a, in a, in a, in a, in a timely manner that, um, you know, tries to at least uh, you know, provide the content in, in a time that, most people are willing to use it and listen in. Um, it looks like we're going to do them probably every couple of weeks, Steve. And, and um, you know, I've heard a lot of great feedback in the community from this. And um, so hopefully we can keep it going. And, and um, you know, looking forward to, again, 2021. Indeed. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it, the, every other week, clearly, as we started this time this year, we were starting to go monthly. The pandemic hit. We went weekly. I think we've found that kind of every other week, you know, that every two weeks kind of mm -hmm. is a better fit for clearly a lot of things are happening, but the town government respectfully also moves a little bit slower in some ways. So every two weeks is probably a good appropriate period and will change as needed. That's, that's one of the good things about your flexibility and my flexibility to that extent that as long as our health holds, yes, we can do that. <laughs> I agree. I think every two weeks is kind of right in our wheelhouse of, of getting the information out there. But to your point, you know, if we need to go weekly for a while, like we have been uh, this month of December, then, you know, we can, we can hopefully make that happen. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, and I think as we we'll segue into the last segment, but I mean, I think as, as 2021 gets started, you know, I think it's going to be heavily about vaccination. You know, it'll be about um, the transition in the white house, Congress, as we're talking here, it looks like we it's all but sure that we're going to have a new Speaker of the House in, on Beacon Hill uh, yeah. here in Boston. Um, those are some huge, you know, transition points. Uh, but I think for the average listener out there, you know, it's really about the vaccinations and really about 
you know, my anticipation is in 2021, we're going to see, you know, the rollout of the vaccinations. We're going to see a lot of vaccination politics. We're going to see um, the world becoming vaccinated. Um, you know, we're not going to eradicate the virus in four months. Uh, we're still going to probably have to wear masks for the, for the, for the large portion of 2021. Um, you know, as I've joked about before, but kind of serious, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly going to be last on the list for the vax. Um, but, but in truth, you know, I think in addition to that, while that's understanding, people are going to have to be required to have an incredible amount of patience. Um, the next 90 to 120 days, I do expect in January and this winter to be tough. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to see a lot more change and we're going to see some economic effects. Yeah. Um, and you just want to hope by the time we get to Memorial Day and entering into the summer, you know, that hopefully there's a, a, a greater sense of normalcy and calm that can come over our country and our state and our community. Um, and then we can start to move on to the what, you know, Amory and I would we would all kind of talk about is like this post, you know, pandemic life. And it's going to be a slow transition. There's there's not I, I don't see a day where we're going to take a pill and be done. No. You know, it's going to no. take some time to, to hold <laughs> out of this today by we're taping this today on the on the 18th. Today's the nine month anniversary, nine months yep. since the, the town government really shut down completely. Uh, nine months. We've just been able to accomplish so much. It's almost crazy to think about. It. It's only been nine months since we knew nothing about the virus, the way we've handled the science, the transition. Uh, retrofitting our buildings, uh, dealing with all of our personnel. You know, like I said, the council meeting last week, you know, we have families, we have loved ones we're taking care of. We have kids, you mm -hmm. know, the staff do. And, yep. um, you know, as you look out, I see a lot of hope and optimism. It's going to require some patience, but I hope we can get to the summer and, and just start to begin to feel a little more free. Uh, back to what we, 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 we thought of only nine months ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it it has been painful, some more pain for others. And yeah, to your point, I'm hopeful that the vaccine will at least get us to a better health status, which then will enable everything else. So business will be a little bit easier. Business will be, you know, less restricted at least. <laughs> um, and thereby everything else can start happening. So that's, that's my hope for sure. And I still have this optimism that, you know, we're going to hear a lot of a lot of harsh stories. We've already heard them, but we're going to hear a lot more hard ones in January and February and March about, about business. And it looks like Congress is primed to pass an additional unemployment insurance, thank God, because the people that um, you know, are out of work right now, this is their Great Depression. This isn't just a recession. This is, right. this is a total collapse of, 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 of a segment of our society. A lot of us are fortunate and beyond lucky enough not only to have a job, but be able to continue to do it remotely. Um, there are some industries that just don't work like that, particularly restaurants, right. hospitality, tourism, sure. uh, even construction and some others, right? Yeah. Um, and this for them is, as Fareed Zakaria says, and he's right, this is, this is for a lot of Americans, not just mm -hmm. in Franklin, but think a little bigger than just us. You oh. know, this is their yeah. Great Depression. This is literally as bad as it gets. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, we need to realize that hopefully when we get back on track a little and we're able to go out safely, the idea here is, is that hopefully people are so excited to get back out 
that hopefully that rebound is a little faster than what we've seen traditionally from other economic rebounds. We hear the hotels will be a long industry to recover. We understand that, but you know, when you get into that consumer spending piece, you know, that is something that can have a sizable impact. And I'm hopeful the concert industry and restaurants and hot, you know, once we're able to go back in the arena mm-hmm. or go to the right. festival and go to the clubs, people are going to go and they're going to spend yeah. that money faster and more than probably we've ever seen in, in a recovery before. Right, Emory? Agreed. I think we're all just, um, you know, have a different level of gratitude for all the things that we took for granted and and didn't realize, you know, how much we would miss. Um, Just things that you never really thought twice about. And now, you know, not being able to do things we love or see people that we love is... um, you know, it's a it's a lesson, and and mm-hmm. you know we've talked a lot about this type of a thing, and and I we've talked a lot about trying to find the silver lining here, and I, while so much of this has obviously been incredibly difficult and incredibly sad, um, there are I do try to find some of the things that have happened this year that aren't terrible, and. Um, you know, I've spent an enormous amount of time with my family. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who has two kids grown up, you know, one who's going to be going off to college in a year and a half, you know, I, I'm going to hold tight to the fact that we got to spend so much time together mm-hmm. this year. I, I don't know if they feel the same, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, yes. but, but we've gotten to spend an enormous amount of time together as a family. And uh, I think there's a level of bonding that we've developed over this and going through something like this together as a family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I have to see that, and I have to believe that in some way that's that's a positive and that's going to be something that maybe we carry through for the, you know, the rest of our our lives together and something we went through together and that, you know, we can get through uh, something else that comes our way. Yeah. And, and having had kids in that age group and then now they're older because time has passed there'll be the time because I've already seen it where, you know, a few years down the road, they'll look back and we'll be able to laugh about these. And they'll say, oh, remember when we did that? And, and you know, it'll, it, but the bonding, <laughs> as painful as sometimes as it is, it, it, it's a base for us to continue to build on. And as long as we continue to do that, to look for some of the silver linings, yeah, it's not to overlook the pain because the pain is there. We can't, we can't ignore that, but go forward with some hope and certainly grateful that we have our health at this point to continue to go with. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good. Well, again, thank you very much for the entire year. As I've said, I don't know exactly what the number was, but it's between 25 (laughs) and 30. That's, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of info, a lot of conversation. Hopefully people have indeed learned. We know at least from the stats, you know, we've had some sessions where there were a thousand people listened to in some sessions, it was maybe like 500 or so. So we are making a mark. I feel good about it. I'm glad you're continuing to help to participate and I'm looking forward to 2021 in um, more virus, plenty of uh, vaccine rather, not more virus, more, more vaccine. <laughs> yeah, more yeah, well, thank yeah, you so much for all of your time, Steve, you know, in helping us put this together and the, the conference bridge and making this all possible in this environment. Mm-hmm. You know, we couldn't have done it without you. So. And Franklin TV, you know, and, I mean, yeah. I think yes. that, um, yes. But, you know, I think that this speaks a lot to the challenges we all have, which is, you know, we're all getting our information from so many different places. Um, we respect the people that buy the newspaper still every day. We respect the fact that people get it all from social media. 
Uh, we respect the fact that people enjoy, hopefully enjoy these podcasts. You know, I would just say that um, in kind of ending off, um, you know, I think it's critical for the listeners who are here and hear this, you know, please at least go to the sources, um, you know, Franklin TV, the town website, um, town official social media pages, um, you know, Franklin TV, um, you know, Franklin Matters. I mean, these are places that have facts. And that's different than opinions. And this is a challenge, I think, in, a, in talking about the year past mm-hmm. and year moving forward. You know, I, 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 you know, with Google being sued and Facebook being sued and all this stuff, I, I think there's, there's an opportunity here for, as I've always said, DC, for this kind of medium and what we've done is an opportunity to convey the, the facts as opposed to people's opinions. We respect opinions. But yeah. opinions don't necessarily always mean that it's the right information. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that that has been something in 2020 virus aside, and even before, has been a, a challenge for our country in the large view. And it's something that we should be very thankful and grateful for that we have a vibrant local um, uh, information center in Franklin TV and, and Franklin Matters and the town of Franklin. So mm-hmm. um, you know, just a quick plug if people have made it this far in the show. Um, to go follow us on Twitter and Instagram and follow Franklin Matters and tune into Franklin TV um, where you're seeing us fresh in the blood right there mm-hmm. um, to yeah. hold our officials accountable and hopefully people will continue to tune in next year for what's going to be obviously another challenging year, but one with a lot of hope and optimism. Yeah. So everybody listening, you know, may maintain the social distance and the mask, be careful with the holidays and yep. we'll see you on the other side. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio, WFPR-FM. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana. Copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. You can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.